Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's now time for Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue, Joe Grande, and Mark and Craig Wasserman, the Pot Brothers at Law. We're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis. Hello, and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. My name's Blue. Alongside of me is Joe Grande and the world famous Pot Brothers at Law. And you are now tuned in to the greatest cannabis show on the planet. What? I'm just laughing because you're in so much pain. I, you know what? I applaud you for thugging it out and being on the show with us today. Yeah. Chris Blue walks in with a freaking cane. We had a, a conference call earlier today. He's on the conference call in his bed, on his back. I mean, uh, just a mess. Poor at guy. T- at ten, and and at there's no reason. This is the best part about this. There's no logical reason where he goes, I fell on my bike. I was riding my son's skateboard. I th- what happened? I don't know. I uh, just zero. hurt my back. It's called old age. Yes. It is called old age. That's but what, you know what? Yeah. It, it happens. But, you know, Mark's a lot older than you, and Mark is nowhere near Hertz. And Mark is just a superstar. So Craig no, understood wait. your pain. It's because Craig, I work out every day. And you know what? Maybe it's because I, I do too. I work out every day too. And I'm <laughs> the heaviest the, one the of all of us. Thing. But I, no one's noticed I've lost weight, but it's okay. I noticed. Uh, we've noticed. <laughs> I noticed. Last My scale night, for the I told first you time last night. said 252 for the first time. I don't know how long. You're welcome, that's your Joe. That's number, 52. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's even funnier that, that the scale said that. But thank you guys for listening to the podcast all around the world. Cannabis Talk 101, we greatly appreciate you. 130 countries and counting. If you ever want to call us up and say hello. Matter of fact, somebody just called us up. Speaking of weight, they're on a weight loss challenge. They want to take us through the journey with them. We're going to look it up and uh, maybe play it for you guys guys so you guys can hear this but 800-420-1980 is the number that's 1-800-420-1980 check out our instagram pages for daily news learn the script and so much more at cannabis talk 101 at pot underscore brothers underscore at underscore law marks at waslaw craig's at waslaw dog and blue is at one christopher Wright. hello i am at joe grande 52 and before we get to chris eggers who is a cannabis security consultant you can check out his company at cc security solutions uh chris was a former police officer and undercover cop in Oakland. Can't wait to get to all that you've done there, Chris, but we just want to mention G4 Live, May 21st to the 23rd. Blue, we're all going to be out there. It's going to be a big event. You know, I'll tell you what, guys, make sure you join this because it's going to be a lot of fun and you're going to get to meet people in this industry that are actually working business to business. Also, if you're just a guest and you want to come check out some of those in, uh, industry companies, you're welcome to come out as well. But if you are an exhibitor, uh, booth, booths are limited. So make sure you guys contact g4live.com and uh, it's at the Mandalay Bay. And it's going to be a great time. Once again, May 21st to the 23rd. Also, shout out to Terpene Warehouse, Dope Minerals, Cali Effects, and Ka Nectar. Connector. 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 Now, guys, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Looking at your company right here, I love everything that you guys are doing from permitting security plans, law enforcement, liaison services, security guards and staff training, physical security audits, pre-compliance checks, camera mapping and alarm equipment, all this and more. But before I get into the, to what you're doing in the cannabis space, right. I love the fact that you were a cop and that you were undercover. The were is what gets me to go, hmm, where's the story there? What is the were 
behind you, Chris, why you're right. no longer, how yeah, long, you're first definitely off, too young to be retired. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got the receding hairline, I, I but I'm not going to bag on you too hard about that. Well, I have, I have the skin fade trying to hide that. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for I see you try to do that. I mean, wear a hat next time, fucker. That'll <laughs> <laughs> really hide He's still it. a young enough. We got, we got, we got Mark's hair over here, the best okay. hair in the game. Look at that. Mark's hey. a thug. Of the, yeah. So let me ask you, Chris, how long were you a police officer? A little over 12 years. Where? Wow. Wow. In Oakland? Oakland, um, San Francisco, and very, very briefly in Millbrae. Um, Oakland laid off 80 cops about two years into my career. I applied to Millbrae. Uh, for, for listeners out there, it's, it's exactly where you fly into San Francisco. It's a small, fluent town just south of the city. How long were you in Millbrae? What years? Nine months. You know, what, what year? 2010 to 11 or 11 to 12. Okay, yeah. that was before I got arrested in Millbrae. For it was, it was, I guarantee it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was the guy that attracted a bunch of police officers. And here it's a long story, but yeah, go ahead. So then I went, I went back to Oakland when they offered us our jobs back, and then shortly thereafter, uh, lateral to San Francisco. And, that, and so I was a cop up until about a month ago. I turned in my badge and gun. You, you said a month ago? Yeah, March you, 4th. Yeah, 20, that's right. Now yeah, I remember yeah. we and, talked uh, whatever it was, la- yeah, whatever yeah. it was, and you said, I'm waiting till I, I'm finished. Yeah, yep. <laughs> So why did you turn in your badge? You know, a couple reasons. So professionally, I was I was pretty unhappy with the San Francisco Police Department. Why? Um, you know, a couple reasons there as well. Um, you know, I, I just you know didn't... my boy Joe Salazar. Salazar. Sa- Salazar. SFPD. No. Okay. Where's he at? Where's do you know? Oh shit! I don't know where is that. What department? He's been there for a long time since out of college. So yeah, he's 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 probably up there in the rankings. It's a big place. It's a big yeah. place, and that and that's part of it, right? It was a bit of a being a number, um, and the need to move on. You know, inherently, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, and I wanted to use my skill set where I think that it could provide a lot of value. And, and that's not only my law enforcement experience, but my ability to identify security deficiencies within the cannabis space as well. Um, and so I really wanted to use my background to provide as much value as I can to folks um, who, who need it. Well, you know what they say about Oakland, right? Tell me. It's just like Compton. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland's, I love, gra- you know, I love Oakland's great. Though. You, it, Oakland, and not only that, different parts of Oakland, there's the great parts in the hills. There's some great fun spots down below. But San Francisco as well, like you said, it's so big. There's so many different areas in San Francisco that some cats have no idea. Some people may think Millbrae's part of San Francisco, right. not South City. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? And, and the two departments, you know, Oakland and San Francisco are so different. And, and I think it's important for people to kind of understand different nuances of of agencies in Oakland for example you are mostly riding by yourself and so when really? we, yeah when we talk about you know de-escalation and you know things of that nature you know I was doing that in 08 09 as a rookie because I wanted to go home right I wasn't the toughest guy on the block um, you had to really understand um, how to treat people how to develop relationships right away and and you know get the job done with the least amount of resistance in San Francisco you're riding two three four to a car <laughs> That, you know, and so so there's less um, need really to be super good at one thing, knowing that, you know, you have a ton of cops around you in Oakland. You know, I didn't get backup. Right. And so yeah. that, you know, we are short staffed and that was pretty common to go a whole shift without seeing another cop. And so how you dealt with people, how you problem solved, how you deescalated uh, was ingrained in me very early in my career. Um, it wasn't so the case in, in San Francisco and, you know, I did not enjoy it as much, and so when you when you look at how you want your life progression to go and your path professionally, you know, being happy with what you do is really important. What part there. of the city did you cover? Uh, Bayview, Bayview, Hunters Point, oh. uh, Mission District, and oh. uh, finished my career in, in Tenderloin downtown. <sighs> yeah. All those tough, are so the hoods, and for people who don't know the city that well, San Francisco, I mean, is one of those areas. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. You know, if I was a police officer and I'm just going to put my cop hat on, I would be afraid I might get poked by a needle sometimes, if not stabbed in the back and shot. I mean, San Francisco's fucking crazy. San Francisco's wild. It's wild right, right now, right? I mean, and there's a lot of reasons. And it's for been, that. though, for years. The point's been no joke forever. And the tower, everything around San Francisco, because I grew up in the Bay Area and I worked at Wild 94.9 in San Francisco right. for a long time, and I hit corners over there for years. Folks have no idea about the tenderloin out there. Right. And how crazy, like I said, you can walk, find needles all over the place. Right, right. Very, very common. And, you know, much different than Oakland. Um, we, we were talking about Oakland before we started, you know, airing. You know, I have a, I have a, a deep, deep love for Oakland, specifically East Oakland. A lot of, you know, wonderful, beautiful people out there. And it can be also extremely violent as well. 
but there's but the East you know, Oakland hood mentality is a little different. It's more of a neighborhood, and we're looking out for each other more there. Right, and, and to me, I found it easier to navigate because you know, don't be a dick, right? Yeah. You have yes. to. You just you just have to you know understand where you are, understand your audience, and you know show respect. Um, oh, that's Officer so, Eggers. What's up, Egg? Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because because you know, I mean, and then when I worked undercover, this is what I this is what I learned. Um, you know, is they have nicknames. People on the street have nicknames for cops, right? And so. 12. A, a, yeah. <laughs> 12. Worse than that, right? And and so a cop would drive by, and whatever was happening on the block that I was out there, you know, undercover for, they'd be like, oh, don't worry about that. That guy won't get out of the car unless there's, you know, four or five cops. But if, but if there's four or five cops, he's going to be the problem, right? And then there's other cops that would pass by that they would, you know, kind of chill out a little bit. It's like that dude or, or that lady, right, will hop out of the car solo, right? A lot of respect given back and forth. And so I learned very intimately. And a lot of cops don't have this experience. And a lot of my former colleagues, when they figure out, you know, in San Francisco what I'm doing now, probably don't know my experience in Oakland. Uh, but that was really telling to me that, you know, everyone talks. Everyone has a reputation. So I wanted mine. You know, I don't want to be a pushover by any means, but I want to give respect and get respect back. Now, now you say you were undercover out there. So th when you say you were on the streets – um, you were as a civilian on the streets, but you were undercover. Yeah, so I had a couple different assignments. It started with um, prostitution, and we would link up uh, prostitutes with services, right, and try to get them away from their pimps. And, and, you know, human trafficking is, you know, affects not just women, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of different people in, in every city. And so that, that's how I started working undercover. And then so when you say that, let's let's dive into it for a second. Yeah. So you, you would you would out there be well, the girls wouldn't know you were undercover. Correct. But you were there like, hey, what's up? Come on. let's. Yeah. No vest. Yeah. No, 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 no. You were just no a badge, civilian. Like yeah. That. You were right. staying just in a hotel room. Right. No, just riding around in a rental car. Oh, gotcha. You know, pick and you pick up a hooker. Right. And then you would tell her like, we, hey, we so in lieu of being arrested. Right. And, and a citation um, right. because it's a misdemeanor. We would try to funnel to two different services to try to help them you know change their lives say hey we can get to. you a way out or give us some information as well right. or whatever if you don't want a way out can you help us so we could help other women or as well. or you know the, the case would get dropped because you know she's cooperative and wants to go into you know a, a halfway home or or you know uh, you know therapy various other other issues that are putting them in this position right and so what i liked about that experience That's was treating treating yeah. treating them stuff. like victims I'm currently vice president of my Rotary Club in San Francisco, or incoming vice president, and I'm part of the Human Trafficking Committee. Um, you know, it's a it's a big issue, and you know, we're we're trying to bring awareness to to that. And I have a unique perspective, you know, from working undercover in that way. Well, and that's, you, that's how it started. You have to. You, I mean, you probably have met some incredible young ladies out there that have been through trafficking, and even some of them I've, I've I've seen and heard about like you know these girls are in a certain city they get taken out of that city and by by not their choice and next thing you know they're working they're right. on drugs this so is that what you're pretty much you, you exactly. had to go through exactly and then you're identifying that and saying hey look are you in this situation and ha if you are then let us help you get out of it by you know busting your pimp or you know, getting you away from them, and then they make choices at that point. Exactly. You know, and we can only do what we can do, but some but of the, them don't don't. Switch. Some of them are doing it willingly. I'm sure. You, you know, I mean, I, I I can't speak to that, but you you've know, never met anybody that was like, no, I'm in this, and this is my. This husband. is what I love to do. You know, I, I, I met yeah. I met people. I think that said that they didn't want to get out. That may have said that out of fear. Mm. Um, but you know, my my mentality going into that type of work was to treat them as victims and try to link them up with resources if we could. Um, and then learn the backstories, right, of how did you get here. And there's so many ways that, that people get into that. Um, Which one of the so, craziest you've, you, you came across? Um, one of the saddest is um, being recruited out of a, like a halfway home, <laughs> you know, sort of staking out, right. knowing that that's a, a place for young women to go. And and sort of mean that out of prison, halfway home out of prison, or halfway home mentally. Um, no, no, like like a resort, like a, um, a rehab. Yeah, a exactly. Rehab. And then, it could and be then rehab. It could be juvenile runaway. Um, it could be coming out of jail. You know, there's a bunch of different types of nonprofits. And a lot of pimps would just go to those places and just conduct straight. surveillance and wow. and recruit out of there. Wow. So wow. you know, it's sad. It's sad. It um, is, and it's a heavy topic. But you know, I think it's important to to touch on. But that's how I got into undercover work, and then it went to um, buying you know, crack, etc. Yeah. Right, um, right. I'm here to buy. So, so you go out there and buy some, buy some crack off someone off the street and then immediately crack them. Or was it like a long play where you guys started try to trying find the to, big, yeah, reach your way up to the top. The and then you find out it's the governor who's fucking bringing right. the wire. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Is it I like the wire? The, yeah. the wire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
it was um it was really the the goal really was to get firearms off the street oakland at the time was um you know if not number one in the nation in violent robbery up there and so gun violence you know was a huge issue and so the goal wasn't necessarily the narcotics we were more concerned about getting illegal guns off the street um and and that was one one avenue that we we did Started, you, know, you start with the crack dealers and whatnot, and then try to figure out where the guns were at, and then start arresting people on the way. Or you know, we had we had uh, folks in my unit that bought from people who were carrying a pistol. So then I would walk away. You know, a, a signal is given. The uniformed real police come in, right? And then during the search incident to arrest, recover a firearm. Gotcha. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and at any time, Chris, when you were yeah. doing this, would you? Catch a lot of people for smoking cannabis on the streets? Never. <laughs> Did you? Ne- you never busted smoking cannabis? You're like, whatever. I'm, I'm cool with that. No, no. one cared about you that. Know, I mean, it felt like that in the Bay Area. Even growing up myself, you know, I grew up in San Jose, and every time I'd go to Oakland or I'd be in San Francisco, and, and I'm so happy to say this, but the cops never tripped off me and my friends, at least. Right. Some people, I heard stories, but for me and my friends, I mean, I got pulled over, and we were smoking a blunt. And I literally had to put it out as you made an illegal. My buddy was driving, made an illegal left turn, and the car smelled like we, they didn't even trip. Right. They didn't even trip off it. They didn't even ask. Well, right. it's funny. It's funny you say that because in in my neighborhood where I grew up, it was a very rough town, and and the cops would literally pull us over and go, "Hey, look, man, you got a gun in the car?" And we're just like, "Nope." And they're like, "Look, I don't care what you have in the car. I don't care what it is. You let me search your car, and as long as you don't have a gun in this car, you're gonna leave." And we're just like you're you're lying like we're not you're, you I'm cannot not, search not my car right yeah. but but I fell for it at a young age and I I right. you know this is before I knew the script and I said okay cool you know I and I looked at my boy like you know we don't got doing? we don't got a gun do we you know <laughs> it might happen in our in you know the guys we were hanging out with at that age and um, got out of the car we definitely had 40s in the car we had weed in the car um, you know and and not the kind of 40s they were looking for no 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 no, no. and just and the old they, right. pu- they pulled it all out they put it on top of the car they, we were we were busted in some alley we got jammed up from both sides and uh, pulled everything out and looked at us and were like have a nice day like oh, I'm, really? That's oh good. man dude I've got weed put, torn out just you know, they, they threw the weed out and dumped it but never it, yeah. got busted for it no they just left it all on the top of the hood and was like you're good have a nice night you're good like and, and so I, you know we had a real different relationship in, in the neighborhoods we grew up with the cops because you know we, we seen them like we knew them you right. know like you start knowing the cops and when, you, when you're dealing with them you're dealing with them and and um, you know, there was a couple times there was some weird stuff happening where you know they'd cuff us and spray you with mace and tell you whose neighborhood is this. You know what I mean? <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, those are the fun that... times. But good thing is, Chris, you weren't one of those type <laughs> no, of cops. No. And now you go from being a cop, undercover cop, to security company. When we come back, we're going to find all about CC Security Solutions. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Yes. Make sure you check out G4 Live at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, May 21st through the 23rd. Presented by the Bud Tender Awards. Cannabis Talk 101, iHeartRadio, The Pot Brothers at Law, Cali FX, Connector, and Terpene Warehouse will all be broadcasting live. Go to G4Live.com now to register. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, 
offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101 with Chris Edgar. Now, Chris, security, cannabis security. Tell us about the the what are you guys providing for the cannabis industry? Right. Um, so a couple different things. We draft security plans for folks entering the permitting process. Um, a lot of times that's point-based, and so it's important to really have one dialed in that, that's effective and works uh, and then you know helps the business operate seamlessly thereafter. For existing businesses, I conduct security assessments identifying security deficiencies within the existing security plan, whether that be, you know, looking at alarms, cameras, guards, the actual, you know, SOPs, the protocols of how people use their business, um, and also law enforcement liaison services. You know, law, law enforcement continues to have, on the local level, a foothold in the cannabis uh, industry, either through the permitting side or post-permitted, you know, in the compliance and regulation side of things. Right. So, so does that mean you're putting cops there at the dispensary? No, 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 no. no. Or, or, no. What does um, that mean exactly? You know, the, so, for example, Oakland, right? Um, I happen to know the permit officer in, in the city of Oakland. He's a great guy. We went to the academy together. But his job is to go around and, and conduct compliance checks on on existing permitted businesses. And that's the final sign-off stage. So a lot of folks are in this hybrid, you know, middle ground spot where they're they're blessed but not fully signed off yet. And so at some point, if you have to deal with local law enforcement and, you know, that could go one way or another, right? Um, I think it's important to have somebody who speaks that language that can seamlessly advocate for you and make sure that you're treated fairly. Are the dispensaries liking what you do? Have you ever met Tucky Blunt by any chance that owned the first dispensary out there? No, not yet. Oh, yeah. yeah he has the first one out there. He was uh, Tucky, Tucky Blunt. Blunt. Yeah, yeah, Blunt's, Tucky Blunt. Blunt's in more. Yeah. Blunt some more dispensaries. So are these dispensaries and these cats looking at you and knowing that you're a former cop and looking like, hey, well, this is great. You're, you're the inside guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I, I quit a month ago. And so this venture is very new to me. Oh, but I do true. I do yeah. have a handful of clients. Um, and, and, you know, so it's, it's also my undercover experience that really separates me from other security consultants. When I was working undercover... Um, I was working around folks that were admitted burglars and robbers, right? Rating spots And like they would this. tell me exactly what they look for when they target a place, a business, et cetera. And so, you know, that's a, a, a level of um, understanding, n- understanding yeah. a, a different optic that other consultants that, you know, are classroom taught only that don't have that experience, you know, can miss things. And so it's not just about an alarm camera or guard. It's about addressing the risks that exist in between those spaces. That's got to be interesting yeah. to see that that's your background and your dynamic. Do people look at you like you shady motherfucker? No, it makes it makes, <laughs> it makes sense. for a good sense. So no, though. because listen, if, if you who, who better than somebody like Chris to help you set up your your security, right? Because he understands what the guy's looking for, who's going to rob you, and 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 so he could consciously say, look, you're you're in a vulnerable spot already because of where you're 
you know, your business is. You're in a commercial zone. Um, you have no windows and, and these walls aren't high enough. And, and so you have this insight that a lot of people in the security company just come and do what they're told versus getting that advice, you know, from somebody that goes, listen, like you really should put security on your roof. And, 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 and this is why. And this is and why. And not only that, I love this tagline that you have on this one page on your company. It says information comes from books experience comes from the street yeah. uniquely qualified to protect your cannabis business right is the website cc security solutions yes yep. and go check that Sa out and is that the number Instagram. the 949-922 it's 925 and that's 925-922-1067 call chris if you have any information like that and as i was reading this and seeing once again for those who, who just forgot about that being undercover in oakland in these areas where it just plays such a dominant spot and ha have you now just being retired a couple weeks have you worked with a few big companies yet <laughs> i've worked with a few I, I, obviously <coughs> I, I can't name some we have ndas and stuff but uh some grow houses in oakland etc that you know definitely benefited from the services let me ask you this would you be willing to work with black market ones that aren't licensed Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not because you're not a police officer. <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah. Mar hey, Mark, you like that? I didn't yeah. hear any. I didn't hear an answer. So. <laughs> the, well, not, why, why not? Yeah, the, the good part hey, about hey, that is you're not a cop. Can we check his mic? Yeah, 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 it's like, because you're not a police down. officer anymore, you don't have to really, you know, follow the the rules. Or, and not only that, you're a security company. It doesn't matter so if we're compliant or not. Everybody needs we, security, you know. Well, right? No, Mark. Well, hold what, on. What is the well, stage uh, there, Mark? Well, no, what, what's no, the line? Well, what happens is when a security guard is working at an unlicensed facility, they are subject to arrest just like anybody else but there. That's a security well, but, yeah, guard but not he's, setting he's up cameras and security. They're, they're, you're not hearing me. They're subject to it. Now, afterwards, we can go in and this guy had nothing to do with the operation. They're a security. But you're going through it. The gun's going to get taken. We've... We've dealt with so much shit with licensed security guards who work, who who sadly work at places and they don't realize or know that it's an illegal spot, and then to get their gun back, it, it's sometimes. But, but it's let me ask you this though, Mark. I, very as, as this is a different circumstances as far as the security cameras. If I'm putting a, I, I work for CC Security Solutions. I'm one of the installers. I'm installing a security system in a building. This building. Happens to be an illegal grow, and I'm just putting everything up and installing security. Am I in danger? Yeah, when the, if the cops show up right then when you're there, you're getting arrested because you're but, there. Now let me ask you this: If my stuff is up, and my stuff is just up, <laughs> I'm not there. <laughs> no, right? It, you're, just you're, my cameras are there. They're, I'm good. Yeah, then you're good. Well, Whoever's there is going to be physically busy. there. Yeah, that gonna, guy's the usually that's who's going to get taken so down. So I have an interesting thing just that curious. just something recently <laughs> just happened to me, right? And and I think what better person to have the conversation oh, wow. with. And I haven't even told Mark this oh, yet. Really? You haven't? I've got oh, the wow. I've got a whole report. <laughs> this had me go wow from earlier. I just heard <laughs> but, the day. I'm yeah, like, "Oh dude, shit, you're going to tell that story." Last week, you know, Ooh. I got this phone call and the Let's guy So I have a smoke shop down the street, right? And this guy comes and he 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 came before and he asked to buy, you know, bags of uh, the Mylar bags. And we have, like, runts on them or cookies. But we just sell the bags. Literally just sell the bags, right? And so this guy comes one time and he cleaned me out of all of them. I'm like, dude, this guy's in the business, you know? But I was like, cool, whatever. And then he and he's like, let me get your number. I said, well, call me next time you're coming, dude, so I could have, you know, enough for you. So I want to make sure I have enough bags for you. And so he, he I, I gave him my number, and he calls me up, and he says, hey, dude, I need like 250 bags. I said, well, what kind of bags do you want? I got cookies, runts. You know, I'm telling him the different bags that I, I have. And so <laughs> so trip on this story, dude. This is, this is deep. It gets way deeper, no, dude. Mark. <laughs> so oh. so so I'm I'm sending them text messages, right? I like I got a hundred the cookie bags. I got I got a hundred of these. What what do you want? And he's You're telling just me slinging bags too. Literally just the just bag bags, though. like not the weed, just the bag, the mylar bags. And so he says to me, he says, "Well, I need these, this, and that." I'm like, "Cool." So he comes and picks them up the other night, you know. And I went and got a, a special trip to LA to go get the bags for him to bring them down to him. And and then he calls me up on Friday and says, hey, bro, uh, you remember me? And I don't even recognize the number. I'm like, who are you, dude? And he's like, no, the guy that bought the bags from me did it. I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And he's like, so we got busted in Kentucky. Mm. And I go, well, so, so, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, what happened? <laughs> and he's like, dude, he's like, we got busted with 250 uh, pounds of, of, of weed. He says, I had two guns on me and a, a kilo of opioids. <laughs> so I'm going... 
Fuck, you should bro. call him today and say, hey, hey so can I, I get some pills and, and, he's, and he kept, he's asking me, he's like, yo, can I, can I um, talk to you on, uh, you know, he's calling me on uh, FaceTime or whatever. And he's like, I think it's, you know, it's FaceTime. It should be good. This is a different phone number. And I'm going, so why are you calling me though, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? And he goes, well, the reason I'm calling you is because in the police report, they said, it says, we believe that, the, that they got the product from this phone number. <laughs> and it has my fucking phone number there. So I'm saying, so I'm literally like, right? and I said, what, what are you saying? He says, well, I'm saying that I'm trying to let you know that I just, that I got the police report and it says your phone number is where they think they, they got the bags from. And I'm like, you did get the bags, but it was just the bags. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't give you the weed, none of that shit. So what does that do for me, right? I mean, I, I, I literally was like, holy shit. Well, you have a former cop well, and, a, uh, and an attorney. And I, that's why I'm like, dude, what just happened, right? And I'll, so I'm like, dude, I'm hot as shit right now. Oh, yeah. I'll you, start off with saying your back might, might not be your biggest issue. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Her back is, yeah. I mean, so I, and he's like, well, I gave my attorney your information. I told him that you weren't part of this. I explained to him exactly what happened to my attorney. He says, I, I said, but dude, I, I said, where are you at now? You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm in New York. York and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fighting this case. I got a couple of felonies against me, and he's like, they also came back to our hotel room and raided our hotel room afterwards, and I'm just going, holy fuck! And he goes, well, my real name's Chris Franchino, not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I know this guy. So, so, anyways, you know, what does that? I mean, you know, what, what, what do I do? Have you gotten a call from the cops? No, I mean maybe shit. I didn't. I mean I might have answered a random call. We might have to send him another Shut letter, Mark. The fuck Mark up. Yeah, no, and, Mark, a letter on the car like we did. But literally though, literally it's like I feel like dude, like I'm fucking like you know, lucky I'm not really you know selling weed like that, so it doesn't matter. But but I mean, they're watching but, yeah. but I mean, I'm sure they're watching me now, right? I Camped mean, out I, at the smoking. Chris, my, can we get you as a private hired security around here? What, what, too? Listen, that? listen. If we go to drinks or something after this, we'll just take separate cars, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why hey, I'm here. Hey, I'll meet you there. Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> oh my funny. god. So, what do you what do you think from a from a, a detective or you know undercover undercover police, standpoint? What do you think? I mean, like what happens to to someone to a guy like, like that? Yeah. Do they just go? Well, it's you know, it's not a big enough case, or it's a big enough case. We're gonna dive into this. What right. happens? So, so totally, totally depends on the agency. You know, in, in a in a big agency that's super busy, they may get their arrest and be done. That could be the end of it. Right. Uh, for another agency that really wants to dig their heels into it, you know, you might you might get a call. Yeah. Well, you think they just call me and say, hey, this is Detective So-and-so? Yeah, possibly. Or, yeah. or would they just tap my phone and show up on my ass? Could, could depend on, well, okay, to get a to get a tap, you got to have a, a search warrant you know, right. granted by, by a judge. So, um, you Well, know, that's I, an easy way to get a search warrant, though, on the tap, because when you're like, yo, look. Yeah, here's said, his name it and depends, number. It depends on, you know, the statements that were made to, to law enforcement. Yeah. Right? It just totally, oh, right, right. It, it, oh, once, it, once they were talked to, to, the, to exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. Right. And so, you know, and I get questions like, Maybe not just like that, but you know, like law enforcement questions all the time. Yeah, and and ninety nine percent of the time, my answer is it depends. Right, right. It, it just depends it, yeah. on it depends on that's a on deep the one jurisdiction. Though, right? It depends on the the evidence they have, <laughs> the statement he made or didn't make. You know, yeah. whether he wants to cooperate right. with them or not. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, what it were depends. you thinking when you were texting the names of these bags? Bags, uh, bags, though. <laughs> What's the meaning? What are you thinking? You're thinking nothing because they're bags. Yeah. Granted, it's well, now you're going to think twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, like literally, it's it's it's. Crazy. I have mylar bags. Just come get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, trust me. Well, I, he's trying to sell them. So I mean, you got to understand. Oh. Do you want cookies? Do you want this? You want that? I mean, it's what do you want? It makes sense why he's doing. Right. Wrong saying, place, yeah. wrong time, wrong words, wrong all of that. Well, yeah. Bruce trying to get legal information. Chris Eggers, a former police officer, just retired from the police department, hanging up the cleats uh, a few weeks ago. I want your personal insight, Chris, on what's been going on uh, recently with police all over Minnesota and everywhere else. I mean, it's just been... You know, I, I truly support police. I don't support bad police. And police officers in general Same. have been getting such a bad fucking rap. And being a cop that you just hung up the cleats, how did you have to deal with this as of recently? Because if you just re turned out, then you dealt with it. I did. And I, I've dealt with it. Yeah, so yeah. how do you deal with it? And, and what has been your experience, well, your thoughts on it all? Yeah, first of all, I, I didn't retire. I just quit. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just quit. Um that's a big difference because you retire, it, it, you get benefits, you get stuff, and right. you, you left. I just left. Well, you're young enough to where you couldn't retire, probably. Um, you know, I mean, there's like pension, and you can do certain things with it and collect or not. And you know, 
what whatever there's different options for that but you know i'm i'm 39 and and i was on family leave um we had a uh, my wife and i welcomed a baby baby girl oh congratulations, congratulations. thank you beautiful and uh when it was time to go back i just uh i went back i cleaned up my locker and i turned in my my shit and said thanks was your wife much. like we got a little girl you ain't going to work where you could possibly we, die you know we i've been make, i've been planning to make this move for quite some time uh, you know, Mark knows that. Mark and I yeah. have known each other for over a year yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and I tried to get him to come on while he was on the force. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nah, I remember you saying something like that. You know, and, and COVID hit, and I pulled back, uh, leaving, you know, a little bit, and then, um, you know, we got pregnant and things like that. So, you know, I just waited for the right time t- to leave, but it was something that I really wanted to do. Um, and also in law enforcement, I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, I was I was just very unhappy professionally. I think that the um, profession has a lot of ways that it can improve. Um, and I think it's really important to to address those issues. When you say you didn't like being it, is it because and I feel like I'm hearing that from you? What a lot of bad cops are giving cops the look at. I mean, do, do you feel like that's plays it, into it? It came down because to- let's just face it: you look white. You know what I'm saying? If right. I looked at you, you got a bald head, right. and a beard. I could judge you re- immediately myself. And you know, it, and I'm not assuming or anything that you're you, you're handling people that way. And by hearing your stories in Oakland, by the way you handled yourself, you can't be that white guy in Oakland like that. Period. That, that shit don't <laughs> <He> work. <was. laughs> you know what I mean, you can be the white guy, but you have to have the respect. You got to be cool because cats in Oakland are a little different like that. So did that I love, play I love a part? That city. Love that oh, I city, love Oakland yeah. too, man. I love, love it. Like I said, I used to hit, I frequent Oakland a lot. It was easy to understand the, the structure of how things went. I wasn't the toughest guy on the block, and I knew it. Simple. Right. And you had to be cool because it's a very urban city. But you're gonna, I have to come there every day, right? And people call every day. And a lot of the work that we did, and we talked about my undercover work, a lot of that started, we would host community meetings and invite people from the community who live, who live at 98th and International and say, you know, uh, Miss Smith, right? What is your issues that you, that you see in the community that you want us to address? And so it wasn't just, you know, me saying one day, hey, I want to go out and, and buy drugs and hopefully recover some guns. It was listening to people who who live there every day, and you have to. I think law enforcement can do a much better job of doing that. Um, Oakland did a great job of that. You know, San Francisco, mm. a little different. What, what are some of the other key things that you think police officers in general from abroad can do? Um, the first thing that jumps off in my head is is to be open to change. Um, Oakland was Oakland PD was very very receptive to listening to other people's opinions, regardless of rank. Um, about how to do things differently based on your experience or your experience or yours, right? right. Um, I, I, I found that San Francisco was a little bit more resistant to that. I was a field training officer for three years, and that means that you train a, a rookie right out of the academy. They're in your car, boom, day one, right? And there's three different phases. My favorite phase was the last phase. And I found that I was often correcting bad habits, if you will, from seasoned, I'm using air quotes, seasoned officers, um, and when, when these were brought up, there was more resistance to change and doing things differently. You know, some people accepted me as a lateral, um, which is transferring from one agency to another. Uh, and some did not quite frankly, and they didn't want to hear about your Oakland experience. They didn't want to hear, you know, this is SF. This is how we do it. Total different. Ball so game it's just, a, just a different type of culture. You know, I don't really want to rag on them, but I'm just being honest. And it's my opinion. And I'm, I'm really glad to be in a position right now where I'm free from the department and I can express my opinion and hopefully again, you know, add some value with my experience. Sure. You know, how, how real, real quick is that blue badge line that we hear about, see about, I just watched, you know, another show on Chicago PD and the brother over there, he went against his own cops and told on him. And my wife and I are watching it. And I, you know, I grew up with a bunch of cops that I knew and I go, babe, that's official like a referee and a whistle. It's real as a $2 bill. Right. These cats got to have each other's back like that, even when it's fucking wrong. So this is my experience. I, I'm, I'm very happy to say that I, I, I wasn't in a position where I, I needed to come forward and, and say something, right? Uh, I worked, thankfully, uh, and I was trained by true professionals in Oakland. Uh, I'm very, very blessed, very blessed to say that. Um, it, listen, when I got to San Francisco, I, I have my own little clique of officers, and they're a lot like me. They're not you know, the, the funny Oakleys and the go to the range on your day off and, you know, yeah, like yeah. The, the shirts that, uh, I don't know, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, I've never been that way. And so, um, 
and it takes a conversation with me to understand that, that I'm not your typical cop. I was never, you know, I didn't buy into the culture of letting them just eat my whole persona alive. You know, I love to go wine tasting. I love to hike. You know, I loved all these <coughs> other activities that don't involve law enforcement. And I found like-minded people like that. And then there was also people that I found that I would not get in the car with. Just straight up, I'm not yeah. going to ride with you. Not because, you know, you're dirty or anything like that, but just, you you know, we had it like that. Yeah. You know, we, we were... Picky, and, and some people wouldn't want to culture, ride with me. Different you know culture, I mean? yeah. They're a different culture yeah. than you, so you don't want to be picked. You know, th- let me think of this. Um, do you smoke cannabis? Have, yeah. Have you smoked while you're a cop? No, okay. no, but but I but I have since I left. Yeah. Got you. And then and then he's fucking two days off. The- <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker, <Allegedly>. Pinocchio. <laughs> Here's, so, here, here's the gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a bong. Oh shit! Sorry, here the guns over here. But listen, like, like here, you know, there, there can't. And the people, I get this a lot, right? Like, why cannabis? You know. And again, the difference between myself, one of the difference between myself and other security consultants is, I, I don't advertise other industries. I'm laser focused on cannabis. Sure. And um, I hold cannabis in, in high regard. I have uh, a family member who, um, and, and who is an alcoholic. And I'm not saying that cannabis cures alcoholism. Are you I'm not saying Mark? that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. But, but so I can, am I. Don't worry. But he, but he stopped drinking and he uses uses cannabis, yeah. and he's and he's a, a, an extremely successful person on any level that matters. He's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's a great brother. He's a great cousin. Um, and so I have an intimate, you know, uh, view into into cannabis in that regard while I was working as a police officer. And now I looked at my experience and said to myself, how can I use this, you know, and benefit the industry and still do something that I love that I'm good at? Um, and, and that's why I'm I'm where I am right now. You know, you talked about the Blue Brotherhood and, and I, I was reading some articles and of course watching as much as I can of the trial that's going on, the Floyd murder show, and we're seeing cops come up there and say some very damning things uh that that's, that's not part of the training that's you know? not part of the solution oh, of uh, what we yeah. do and they've had you know the, the sergeant you know the, the chief get up there and you know i've seen uh, some of it and and which was shocking to see it, to be honest it, with yeah, you yeah. right to be to see these cops say that is not how we hold business not and and by saying mm-hmm. that i was expecting to hear a little something like well, in his defense, he may have thought that, you know, a lot of times that's what we've heard in the right. past. None of it. They've made a justification for what they've done. I haven't heard any justification from any of the professionals no. that they've had up there. And Even how, the how, ones- could you, how could you? Right. Exactly. Right. And yeah. those who right. do, shame on them if something does right. happen. Because right. exactly that. In this situation in particular, how could you? He's right. going you know, down. I'll tell you one, one other thing, too, is we've talked about this, and, and I just want to get your thoughts on it, is, you know, we we believe, or at least I believe, that part of the the training needs to be retrained, right? Police officers need to be retrained as they come in, and instead of calling them, you know, war, you know, names like a sergeant, a general, captain. a lieutenant, a captain, they should maybe be called managers and assistant managers and, and supervisors, supervisors. And, and there, I think the reason that training that comes in, it's like you feel like you're coming There's militant in, background, and it's we, we got to get somebody. Which, don't get me wrong, we don't want a bunch of, you know, pussyfoot cops out there either that are just going to end up getting beat up and, and, and hey, tore I'm down. Hey, supervisor here to go oversee this. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so but, but what are your thoughts about maybe renaming some of them or, or creating a different, because, you know, I think it takes eight or six, 16 weeks or something like that to become a cop. Right. Is that, that so my academy was six months long, six months, yeah. That's crazy. right. Which is so, so, I mean, which is, and then, and then, you know, uh, what, 20 weeks. 16 or 20 weeks of field training where you're monitored every day by, and, and so I, I, I did that right in Oakland. I did that when I went to Millbrae and I had to go through field training in San Francisco. And then in San Francisco, I was a field training officer as well. Could I go be a cop right now at 40? 43? You can do anything you want, bro. Yeah. Just go, just go. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sign up to the department. As, as you say that, I'm just thinking, why didn't you just stay in Millbrae, dog? That's a big <laughs> job there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Millbrae, yeah. for those who don't know, once again, is a small little town that's just, it's a very expensive city right. and very exclusive. And not a lot of crime goes down in Millbrae right. because it's so exclusive. Yeah. And, and you know, you got to understand, I was, I was, you know, new in the industry. I wanted to stay a, a police officer. Um, layoffs were happening a lot at that time, 2010. And um, they were hiring one officer. And I think I was, I was the only one. I know I was the only one hired, but I think there was like 150 applicants. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so I, at this point, I'm just happy to have a job, right? But I got there, and it's a way different style of policing, you know, way different. 
because you don't have. Oh, they'll that. kick you out the city too. You driving through Millbrae, dog? They, they don't. Ha- they don't have. They don't have the. Um, you know, the action that Oakland consistently has, right? And so the attitudes are different, you know? Um, attitudes are way different. It's a little bit more like um, what you what you think cops are like that are very, very profile, very, you know, <laughs> um, you know, quick to cast Judge. judgment. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah, I, like I said, I've drove, driven through Millbrae, been in Millbrae, got arrested in Millbrae, all because of that. Millbrae PD was no joke. They didn't fuck around. They're like, hey, yo, like, get up your fat ass over here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a place... For me, I, I really, I really loved Oakland. You know, I love, I, I just loved everything about it. I did the same things I did in Oakland. Never been arrested. I got arrested twice in Millbrae when I worked at Wild ninety four nine in San yeah, Francisco yeah, yeah. for doing radio bullshit stunts. For real, I did forty nine days for a stunt that I did in Millbrae. Yeah, and that's San Mateo <laughs> County. So, so here's, here's and I was the other at the thing, San, right? McCann, uh, San Mateo County Jail too. This, this is what jail. this is what people I, I think um, should understand. Law, law enforcement does a horrible job of, of of disseminating information that should be available to anybody. And, you know, I get a lot of questions, a lot of calls, and I'm happy to talk about it. And, and I think, you know, people are looking for that information. But, you know, you got arrested in San Mateo County, which is one of the strictest counties in the Bay Area, right? Uh, I did 49. Uh, I, got, I got hit for 49 days. They made me serve 49 tell days. Tell them what yep. you did. Tell them what you did. <laughs> no, it's That's a bullshit a story. story. It's a fun story. But He was wholesaling bags. No, here's the funny thing. You ready for this? Yeah, I was I'm dressed. <laughs> isn't that crazy, though? I like, was literally dressed <laughs> in, a, in an orange jumpsuit that said county jail on the back. Right. And I went knocking door to door in on Milbray, radio on the radio asking if I could borrow a hacksaw. Cops came at gunpoint, <laughs> and the stunt was, how many houses can I go to before the cops come? How, how many? Three. In Millbrae. Okay, folks, this is a normal-sized street. One house, went to the next one, crossed the street to the next house. By the time I get to the third house, cops get to me at gunpoint. They didn't stop. They gunpointed me, cocked and loaded. It's a radio stunt. Does this gun to your fucking head look like a radio stunt? Get down. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, boy, you guys don't play around here. And, and, and the ironic part, it was like the mayor's house or something. It right? was the DA's grandmother's house, the second oh house I went into. She locked herself in the bathroom, so she was all pissed off, and he was all pissed off. So they hit me with falsely creating a 911 emergency within a radius of a mile of a That was the crime I created. By an Falsely creating a 911 emergency within a mile of an elementary school, 49 days in jail. Convict. Maximum sentence. Convict. Yeah. You're a convict. But that's why I say no brace, no joke. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you ever had that expunged? And then I taped myself on a fucking on a because uh, after that happened, I was harassing the police department afterwards because they took me in and blah, blah blah. And so then I taped myself to a light pole in the city. Oh my god! And they took me in for that shit too. Because <laughs> afterwards, so, of course, you can't just you know harass me and harass me. I gotta think I'm. Our morning show thought we were bigger than everybody, even the police department. And I played the price for it. You know what I mean? Being the idiot. So, of course, you know, being a young cocky. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, guys, you know, I I, I do want you guys to make sure you check out G4 Live at the Mandalay Bay. uh, May 21st through the 23rd, guys. It's going to be amazing. Shoutouts to Terpene Warehouse, Cali FX, Connector, and Dope Minerals. Guys, it's Cannabis Talk 101. When we come back, CC Security Solutions with Chris Edgar. Eggers. Eggers. Plural. Make it plural. And the high five. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We'll be right back. Make sure you check out the G4 Live presented by the Bud Tender Awards with Cannabis Talk 101, iHeartMedia, and Travis Barker. Go to G4Live.com to register while exhibitor space is still available. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Take a hit, get lit, and sit back and enjoy Cannabis Talk 101. Mark and Craig, the Pop Brothers at La Blue, and Joe Grande. And now my favorite time of the show with our guest, security consultant, former police officer Chris Eggers. The high five, baby. Chris, it's your time to shine, brother. From a former police officer rocking the bag from Oakland to San Francisco to all over the Bay. He's here in L.A. How old were you the first time you smoked cannabis, and where'd you get it from? In Millbrae a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) It was right after the day I quit. Uh, I was in the mission in Frisco. (laughs) First time, uh, high school. High school was the first time that I smoked, and I got it. Where was that? What city? Pleasanton? Livermore. Livermore, okay. Yeah, Livermore. Uh, I was actually in Roner Park, though, visiting my sister at Sonoma State, and one of her roommates gave it to me. Oh, nice. Right. So, so yeah. in high school so did, did, It was horrible. It was garbage. Did that have, <laughs> does that mean you had to lie when you became a police officer to tell them that you never smoked before? No, I told them. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, they hire cops that say, oh, yeah, I smoked weed. Well, huh? who do you think they are? Biden? Fuck. Uh, that's uh, what we're to talk about. I'm, about I'm disappointed that? in this motherfucker right now. <laughs> All right. Question number two of the Cannabis Talk 101 High Five. What is your favorite way to use cannabis? Um, gummies. Ooh, gummies nice. is my Gummy favorite. Edible. Yeah, nice. any day, only at night, before bed. What is it? Uh, evening time. Yeah, evening time. I like it. Um, you know, I think. I mean, you know, aches and pains and stuff like that. I don't take Advil now anymore. Um, Straight you know, to the I, gummy. I think it's, yeah, gummy helps a lot. There it is. It's always nice. Question number three of the high five: craziest place you've ever used or smoked cannabis? Hmm. Craziest place. You in know, the squad car. I was uh, smoking under this dude who had taped himself to a light pole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> on El Camino? That's yeah, where I El did Camino, it on El exactly. Camino, dog. Of course, dog. of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I did it. You right, know, El Camino right, goes right through the town. <laughs> right so, right by that In-N-Out? Yeah. Yep. Well, In-N-Out wasn't there at the time when I did that. It was before. There was like another little corner fucking bakery or breakfast shop there, but... Yeah, you yeah. know, on El Camino is where I yep. did it. At. Yep, for sure. <laughs> but the craziest place—it wasn't under me uh, being duct taped to a light pole. Uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still waiting for that one. You know, so I'm taking, I'm taking uh, options. God, it'd be great if you were in the back of a cop car with your buddies and you just blow one real quick. <laughs> Yo, why not? Hey, thanks, Larry. Take care. <laughs> Does anyone know a Larry? <laughs> Don't we all? Hey, Larry. My name is Larry. All right. What is your go-to munchies after you get high? Barbecue Lay's. 100%. Barbecue Lay's. And I love barbecue And then Lays. those uh, sweet and sour crawlers. You know? Ah. You think my house is full of stoners. My kids must be stoners. Right Right now. now, Question number five of the high five with former police officer Chris Eggers. Now with CC Security Solutions. You can go to the website, ccsecuritysolutions.com. Or feel free to give them a call if you're looking for some security solutions. That's 925-922-1067. If you could smoke cannabis with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Nipsey. Nipsey Hustle. Didn't even have to think. Nipsey. Why, wow. Nipsey. Why so quickly on the Nipsey? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nipsey. Um, I'm a big fan of hip hop in general, but I, I I love what Nipsey was doing in his community. Uh, very authentic. Love his music. Yeah, he so was. So growing up in that East Bay, you were uh, really feeling all the goody forties. You, you know, it's it, totally. It's funny because you know all my friends were listening to like rock and stuff in my the. First CD I remember really, really, you know, bumping was uh, Bone Thugs East 1999. Oh, East 1999. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and and yeah. I was like the only one in my my 
you know, friend group that listened to rap, but um, always, always a big records. fan of hip hop. I mean, you're not too far though from E40. I mean, he lives right there in Blackhawk. I yeah, I, I was closer to, to Dame Dollar. Oh, yeah, out there in, uh, the real Brookfield. You yeah. know, b- being from the Bay Area and doing police work out there, did you ever have a chance to work with Vice President Kamala Harris? Did you ever do anything? No, in ties? no never cross paths. Never cross paths. Interesting, because as Mark just alluded to, that got me all pissed off thinking about how they're slacking on this whole fucking turn the eye to legalizing <sighs> it and making it okay. We're going to get into some stories about that in another podcast, but I have Later. some stuff written down. But thank you for coming on the show so much, Chris. Is there anything else that we can promote for you or push out there? Uh, make sure you check out our podcast as well, Off the Record, A Cop and a Lawyer, uh, with a criminal defense attorney uh, out of San Diego, Stefano nice. Malea. Great great guy. We kind of just discuss criminal a justice. A Cop and a Lawyer, is that what it's called? Oh Yeah, Off the Record, A Cop and a Lawyer. <sighs> nice. So it's, nice. it's o- OTR underscore or nice. under dash, you're right, whatever, A Cop and a Lawyer. Um, we just kind of discuss, you know, um, three things that you need to know, let's say, in a DUI investigation, right? And, and I give you my perspective. You know, for instance, you don't have to take the SFSTs. You do not have to blow into the um, PAS machine roadside. If you are arrested, though, you do have to submit to chemical testing, blood, breath, or urine. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that. And so, you know, we just kind of, again, I don't think that this information that I have over, you know, over a decade of law enforcement experience should be privileged. I think that local agencies can do a much better job of, of putting out information that really uh, helps people understand what their rights are. And therefore, hopefully there's less friction on the street and, you know, we can just you know, handle our business peacefully. What do you think of the script? Love it. In fact, I mean, Mark, you remember I reached out about a year ago. I was like, hey, man, I'm a a cop. Yeah. I love it. Um, I remember remember when you reached out. So I I have a couple of buddies who, and and I've had it used on me. I love it. If you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. I know the rules of the game, and I know that that you're not, you don't have to talk to me. I don't take it personally. Just keep it moving. Some of them, but a lot personal. of but a lot of cops do. Oh, they take yeah. it very and it's personal. because it's because they don't understand the rules of the game that they're playing, and and you know there should be a way to address that. That is that is real. That affects real change, because if you come if I stop you, if I stop you, hey, and I start asking you questions, you say I don't want to talk to you. Cool. I'm either gonna I need your ID to write you a ticket, or I'm gonna be like, cool. You don't want to talk to me? Bounce. Right. Like, right. We're just both gonna go. Yeah. Right. It 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 shouldn't be this. Battle. I mean, I mean how many times tougher. have we seen that in, in recently? And then it escalates. Through, right, right. Well, I get it every day. I, got, I was talking to somebody today who was, who was pulled over, and the passenger, the cop started talking to the passenger, and he said, no, I'm, I'm not discussing my day with you. Right. Oh, you're going to be like that, huh? Well, now get, get out, and you're going to and then just ripped into the guy. Be like what? Uh, you know, no, right. well, exactly. I, uh, using the rights that are afforded right. to me as an exactly. American? But that's the tactic that a lot of cops use to scare people to not get them to talk. Right, right. right. You know? And then you know, filming is another one. I was on. Uh, I went on, you guys know Mr. Checkpoint. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I, went, I went on his live yeah. uh, You know, not that long ago. Um, you know, filming the police is a, is something that, for whatever reason, gets cops all fucking sad, right? And and so I don't have a phone on me, but let's say this is my phone, and 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 I'm filming. I loved it because that's one less hand I need to watch, right? Right? right. And so and so great and way what, of looking at it. And yeah. what are we gonna what are we gonna argue about? You're filming me now. Now there is language, right, and, and rules about a safe distance. But let's assume that everyone is is can't abiding impede, by that. right? Right. Impede so let's what say you're doing. let's say they're not, and they're just filming. I love it. I mean, it never bothered me. Right. It never bothered me. Well, that's because you were doing the right thing, right? Because right. there's a good cop. But, Hence, you know, there's yeah, good cops and bad ones. Because if someone's over there toughing somebody up or roughing them up or whatever, you know, now the cop's like, I can't really do what I would normally do, which is why they get upset, in my opinion, right? Because some, let's be honest, I mean, there's some cops that are super cool and they're just like, what's up, bud? Like, you know, have a nice day, take your ticket and go. Then there's the other cop that has, you know, this ego and this, you know, um, militant attitude towards you that is sometimes threatening and scary and so that's their approach to the scene and and i could some somewhat understand it because they want they're taught to take control of the of the the arena right but at one point you know when we're losing lives in our country and and there's lack of education and then then if you can't see that's happening, then then there's a bigger problem right right. you know and you touched on it take control but what does that what does that look like and and to me, I always viewed law enforcement from a salesman point of view. If I get called to this room right here and I've got, you know, four people over here and three people over here, I need to know what the outcome of that of that call is, right? I need to know that there's what the action items I need to achieve are. Now you can go about that being very authoritative and just hope that people, you know, fucking listen to you and, and you know, bow down to you. Or you can go in and, and I always, you know, 
relied on on my mouthpiece. I want to talk to you. I want to learn about what's going on. I want to really address it from a salesman point of view and sell you into the idea of what I need you to do versus, you know, physically have to go there. You know, listen, I, I'm already, you know, not good looking enough. I don't need a broken nose, right? right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, so I don't need a reason you punch me and then I get to pull out my gun and like do escalate it to like I, I what mean, are you doing? I mean, listen, like there there are times when police officers have to touch people. Yeah. There are. Agreed. But there are a lot of times that you don't. I got a question. Please. Do you ever fire your weapon? No. Oh, I mean, not not on not No, that's on, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, on like, duty. Have I ever been in a in a in a shootout? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Did you draw it? Oh yeah. More than a bunch of times or bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. Bunch yeah. of times drawn and, never and, pulled. That's and, good though. And um, you know, I think you know, it's I think it's important for people to understand, like, when, when I started my career, pointing of a firearm wasn't a use of force. It was not a documentable use of force. And it is now, mm. right? Interesting. And so, um, but what's How does that change the game for you guys? Well, you know, I always, I always thought about it like this. If I do have to shoot at some point, I want to be able to show all the times that I pulled my weapon and didn't. And so what was different about this one time? Right. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, I... I and, and whether you deal with law enforcement, any, the DMV, anybody in the government, you know, you want to have a paper trail, but me too. That's how I always viewed it was if I have to do that. And I hope I never have to do that. And I'm fucking so thankful I never had to do that. Um, you know, but if you do use force, you have to has to one be justifiable. Right. Actually justifiable. Right. You have to have a lawful reason to, to use that force and explain why. I mean, articulation is a big word in law enforcement. Right. Speaking of law enforcement, and uh, I'm just thinking uh, in Oakland, mushrooms became legal in Oakland. Did you deal with that? See that? What was your take on it? Do you have one? I don't know enough about it to to, to sit here and confidently tell you that I have an opinion. So um, I guess my response would be that I'm open to uh, you know learning more about it and talking to people who have experience with it and feel one way or another. You didn't see I'm anybody not, where like, oh, these cats are all shroomed out. I don't know. I'm not going to even go over there. No. But you know what's funny? There was a, um, I mean, kind of going away from shrooms and back to cannabis a little bit. There was an overtime event. Um, I didn't sign up for it, but I was busy. But I remember learning about this overtime event, and there was a bunch of cops going, oh, you know, oh, it's going to be this, like, block party with, like, weed, right? Like, oh, what a headache. And I'm like, dummy. Like, would you rather like would you rather be around a hundred people who are Trump. fucking hammered, right? Right, or a hundred people who are stoned? I mean, I'll take that all day long. Yes, right. Like you just, but but these people maybe have never smoked or known people who have smoked, and so again, I think experience is is key to being successful in law enforcement, or at least being successful for the community that you serve. You know, I think the barometer of how we judge success needs to change significantly. It's too bad there's not more cops like that. And it's funny because you know I would think. Maybe even, or let me ask you, in the training, is there like a taboo of these people are smoking weed? This is how you handle this. Rather than showing a normal, hey, here's a lawyer who's, who's smoking weed. Use it weed. to get into who's the car. cannabis. Or, you know, like, yeah, you once you smell it, that's your probable cause. Because when you started, that was probable cause for search. Now right. it's not. Exactly. Exactly. I'll tell you this. I took a class, one of the last classes that I took, post-certified. And for people listening, post-POST is Police Officer Standards and Training. It's the DMV for a car right for cops um and there was it was a marijuana dui investigations and i'm, I'm a dre a drug recognition expert already so this training was i've already had it but i wanted to take it and kind of just listen it was an eight-hour course certified by the state and this instructor was going on and on about how bad cannabis is and, and these people you know and, and again i told you i have somebody in my family who who was an alcoholic now uses cannabis and is just flourishing right and and how you know people still say I'm using air quotes that they're clean but they're using cannabis and it it's just it was mind-boggling to me I think this I think one of my goals in making this move is again using my background to be an advocate for normalcy cannabis use right I mean it, it has so many benefits um, I got injured in 2020 and the first thing they did was muscle relaxers not physical therapy of course not cannabis but just throw pills 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 sure. pills pills and there's a there's a space for that I'm not a doctor so I can't I would I'm not take an expert, one right now if you had it I know you would I know you would I know you're in pain I'll I know take it right now we'll but, it. but yeah, you know fuck, well, I'll do anything right now to get to, to sit pain. there and talk to cops right in that, in that setting about how cannabis use leads to all these horrible things I thought was just bullshit yeah it is has it changed yet do you know? Is it turning with the treatment of how they're training police officers? 
I don't think so. And I think that, again, you know, as local law enforcement can, continues to have a hand in the industry, whether on the permitting side or on the post-permitting side with regulation and compliance checks, I think it's important to know um, at least, you know, that you could pick up the phone and call somebody who understands that world. Because even the story of New York, they just passed the law saying the smell is not probable cause anymore. I would imagine every cop that has gone through the system, that's what they're trained to do. They don't just turn it off. But you should, right? Like, I, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you, you should. You should. There's you should. A lot. You shouldn't, and, uh, you know, put your knee on someone's neck for fucking exa- seven, right. eight minutes. Right. Nine. Right. Nine. Thank you. <laughs> right. I think, I think, you know, there was a documentary I watched on Netflix about cannabis, and it was uh, Colorado, one of the first dispensaries that opened up, and they showed it was it was legal, it was permitted, they were paying taxes, the thing was blessed, right? I mean, it was it was a righteous business, and they showed the police chief out there like this. Just and I'm like. Why? Like, what do you care? Like, why do you care so much? The laws changed. Your job is to enforce those laws or not enforce laws that aren't good anymore. Why are you spending your energy caring? You know, I walked into dispensaries when I was a footbeat in San Francisco just to introduce myself. And I had a, a, a sergeant see that uh, and ask me, what were you doing in there? I'm like, saying, what's up? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm the footbeat downtown and, and this is near my post. I introduced them, shook, shook their hand and and said, give me a call if you need anything. Yeah. You know, they're tax paying business. To serve and protect. Right? But, and, and I was, I was always kind of a mouthy, I was never afraid to talk back to a boss if they were wrong. Right. I have no, I have no problem with that. And anyone who, who knows me and <laughs> they'll tell you, yeah. you know, if you were wrong and, and you weren't right, I'm going to tell you. So, you know, he's like, what are you doing in there? I'm like saying, what's up? No, I don't go in there. I'm like, you can't, you can't tell me not to go into the gap. Yeah, right? You can't tell right. me not to go into Westfield mall. I mean, they're a tax paying business. I want to say what's up and make sure everything's cool. They appreciated it. Right. right. I mean, who do I really who do I really work for? Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and Don't go to Red's bar, bar Burger Stop downtown either. Yeah. Like, come yeah, on. But you can yeah. go in the strip club. <laughs> go check that place out for a little bit. Or the, the liquor store and get Lick- your fucking pills. Go yeah. to the liquor, liquor store. Make well, sure they're okay. I, I, yeah. I think some of some of it, Chris, may be wow. that you know. Do you have uh, uh, other family members that are police officers? No. So so that was my point, and I was hoping you said that because I that's how I felt. Um, some of these guys have probably. You know, five generations. Ge- five generations of parents that have been through law enforcement, and they have this lifestyle Frick mentality. Yeah, well, you know, I can't judge them. I'm not judging them all. I'm just saying those s- who do, though, you're you're alluding to. I, I'm I'm saying that he he's a police officer by choice versus the guy that grew up with. My dad was a cop. This is how we rock. You know, he's probably very militant through his life. And so they, that comes out in them, in their training of who they are as a person yeah. versus as a, even as a police officer. And so someone like Chris, I didn't see that in him. Even when having this conversation, I feel like he's just, he's a, he's a police officer. He chose to, to, to go into law enforcement. And then he's there with all these people that aren't quite like him. And he's willing to tell them when they're wrong because he sees a different point of view than most police officers yeah. probably do, which is the difference between the good and the bad cops, you know, and there's good and bad in every, you know, job and everything that we do in life. So thanks for being a good cop. I appreciate saying that. Yeah, I appreciate no the doubt. Really, really. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, listen to this, man. It's Cannabis Talk 101. We want to tell you to remember this. If no one else loves you, we do. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.